1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on just another quiet day in Scottish football. Peter Lowell announces he's leaving Celtic at the end of the season after 17 years at the club. Alfredo Morelos is hit with a notice of complaint for Wednesday's clash with Ryan Porteous. Darren McGregor is not. And the transfer market is heating up with just days remaining of the window. I'm Gordon Duncan. Joining me in the studio is Jim Duffy and it's Hugh from home. Well, it's the end of an era at Celtic, and for me, no one can deny Peter Lawwell did more good than harm during his 17 years as chief executive. He and Neil Lennon, along with Dermot Desmond, will forever be blamed for not winning 10 in a row, but that shouldn't be a reason to say he wasn't a success overall, because he did deliver nine in a row on his watch before those errors of judgment crept in. And speaking of errors of judgment... Alfredo Morelos, it was a red card, but so was Darren McGregor. Lopsided justice. 0141-951-1025. Jim Duffy, I, I said it obviously tongue-in-cheek. Scottish football is never quiet, but what a way to end the week. Quite a lot going on. Yeah, just uh, leading up to the, the, the weekend, Gordon, I thought, oh, it's you know be interesting to see you be a bit quieter this week, and then all of a sudden uh, things uh, turn around very quickly. As you know, as Hughes pointed out, I think uh, Peter Lowell leaves a, a fantastic legacy at Celtic, and, uh, and I think it should, uh, it should be held in high esteem. Um, I think sometimes, like, when people move, on, maybe further down the line in a few years people look back and think yeah that was a fantastic tenure that he had there as chief executive something a wee bit like Fergus McCann done once he, once he maybe left, people appreciate it a little bit more uh, and as far as the football is concerned yeah there's always controversy and I'm with you, yeah I mean I think that if you, you know, I, I can't believe that if you're going to give one red card you don't give two for almost identical situations so to me you either give none or you give both well, I've got a funny feeling that we're going to discuss just that a, a few times over between now and 8 o'clock we've got various transfers happening or perhaps about to happen we've got big games tomorrow so don't hang about there is no time for hanging about tonight get your calls in nice and early and let us know what's on your mind 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB in particular those two recently this afternoon the breaking news if you like is Alfredo Morelos earlier on today Peter Lowell they are both massive stories massive in their own right um and we're going to have to find a way of squeezing it all in. So please, if if we're not starting with the one that you want, let, let's just try and be patient and we'll see how, how well we can get round them all. But there really is a lot going on. Uh, you, we can maybe extend it till midnight, Hugh. You wouldn't mind, would you? No, I'm just sitting here in the house. Yeah, exactly. Keep you busy. Keep you out of trouble. Right, 0141 951 1025. Well, we start most recently then, Hugh. Does that seem like a fair way to go about things? Alfredo Morelos is, is the, the fresh story, if you like. Will we start there? Well, let me tell you what surprises me about it, Gordon. The compliance officer, Claire White, uh, left her post a short time ago and uh, no successor had been appointed yet. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the plane passed the parcel with the job of compliance officer at the SFA. I would have thought that a, a post as important as that uh, should have been filled by the time Claire White mm -hmm. left the building. Now... I said lopsided justice, and that's what I mean. For me, there was no doubt at all that Alfredo Morelos was guilty and should have been red-carded. Equally, no doubt mm. in my mind that Darren McGregor was equally culpable. Mm. Um, 
but I, I, I don't understand why the decision's been taken today and who took it. Well, I'll try and, and help out with some of that later on. Um, for what it's worth, right, let's try and knock that one in the head quite early. I know it's very interesting and it's a good debating point, but I know Claire White was the compliance officer, but she used to go on holiday and she used to take days off. The compliance system is there. It's always been there and people have overseen that process in her absence whether it be holiday or sickness or whatever in the past so the system's still there although she left I know we have this insatiable thirst to find out who who is responsible um, but the system is still there and it's ticked along just the way that it used to but there's a lot more to get through with that story I'm sure I'm sure you'll agree 01419511025 if you're just joining us and you missed it that's it in a nutshell Alfredo Morelos notice of complaint by the Scottish FA for that tangle stamp challenge tussle call it what you will um, with Ryan Porteous the club has until Monday to respond he would be looking at a three match ban uh, because of earlier indiscretions this season Darren McGregor there was a lot of attention on his challenge similarities drawn for some people he will not face any further action let's dive straight in Alan is in Falkirk what have you got for us Alan? Good evening panel uh, the panel the panel's actually just about covered it uh, because I, I can't believe that McGregor has been let off with it but also where has the compliance officer been the last month there's been two few issues in the last month going back to Jim Goodwin before Rangers played St Mirren uh, going on about the referees not giving penalties when Rangers are playing and then you've got the Celtic carry on in Dubai with uh, players all sitting around the bar the pool always have to work out who was who but you had players sitting around the bar like the Aberdeen ones at the start of the season and nothing from the compliance officer so that's my point panel yeah let, let's try and try and go through it because it's very difficult Alan I, I don't know would be the obvious answer but first and foremost do you, in, in isolation, did, did Alfredo, Alfredo Morelos deserve this retrospective punishment? When you look back at it, more than likely, yes. But uh, it's interesting to look at the back of uh, the paper yesterday and the paper that he used to work for, the Daily Record. If you look at the photo on the back page today, his eyes are on the ball at the, mm. on that photo at the exact time he stands on the Portes' leg. Yeah, and and maybe, I don't know, maybe Rangers will want to lodge a defence and maybe that will be part of it. Right, let, let's set out where you two stand. I think you have already, but just for the avoidance of doubt, now that we're really getting stuck into the debate, Hugh, should Morelos have been sent off at the time? Absolutely, right, and without now, question. And, now that, and, and the fact that he wasn't, should he have, is that the right decision today to give retrospective punishment? Yes, it is certainly the right decision. And I think, Alan, you know, if you're going to come on and ask for justice with regard to Celtic and Dubai and Jim Goodwin and what he said about Rangers and penalty kicks, you have to be forthright when it comes to your man, Alfredo Morelos. You, you gave a half-hearted response to the question and then came in with a caveat suggesting that a still photograph proved that there might be an element of doubt. If you're going to be forthright about others mm. you have to be truthful about your own man the, the gist though I think of the frustration from Rangers fans Alan will just be the first one is that they believe there is a perceived inconsistency they feel like it's never missed when it's, when it's Alfredo Morelos and that it's sometimes missed elsewhere and Alan wants to mention uh, Dubai or Jim Goodwin now for for a start, I don't think those would have been fast tracked issues anyway. Maybe maybe we will still hear about Dubai. I can hear people scoffing at home and saying, "I right, I'm sure we will." But I don't know. Maybe maybe that is still something that could happen. Um, 
I feel like the, the best comparison if you want to argue about inconsistency is Darren McGregor mm-hmm. comparing Morelos's stamp to Celtic in Dubai is difficult because of how different they are in nature but the McGregor one's the one that's staring you in the face, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look in the same game, you know, similar, very similar instances, uh, instances, and and obviously, you know, retrospectively, both having been looked at. One, I think it was three ex-referees, whatever happens to be, that mm-hmm. this one, the panel that decided that uh, that was violent conduct, and the other one wasn't. But you know, I, I do agree. Um, you know, we are in a little bit in principle where you get a reputation, and Alfredo Morales has got a reputation. It's quite a lot of it he's brought on by himself, but he does have a reputation, and you do get players who you hear them say it all the time on TV, oh, he's not that type of player. It's very unlike that that player, or it's a forwards challenge and all these kind of things. So there are a lot of players who get away with a little bit, who have had maybe similar challenges to Alfredo Morelos, or Dan McGregor for that matter, who don't have the reputation... Uh, and and sometimes that that that's wrong, and, and and maybe referees will disagree with that. But that's happened for decades. You know, certain guys get away with it, and certain guys don't. And um, and Alfredo Morelos in this particular situation mm. isn't going to get away with it. But I agree um, that with, with you, I agree with with Alan. Take the other uh, the other situations away with it. Just from that particular match, you can avoid. I mean, he's asking, he's saying, there, look, his eyes are away from the ball. But listen. You know, you can avoid, you can step over someone, you can try and avoid them, you know, but and both players, in my opinion, could have avoided making contact with their opponent. In modern day football, it's a big mm. card. Alan, so you're actually you're not getting much argument from the pundits. They, they actually agree that, that Darren McGregor should have got one to, but just to try and and sort of weigh things up and, and, and look at what might have led to this decision. Bearing in mind, the referee gets the chance to say, did you see it all? Did you see the part of it which would constitute a red? If he says no, it can then get escalated to a panel of three former Category 1 referees. They then have to unanimously agree that it was a red card, which they did in the case of Morelos. So we might have a case where two of them actually thought that McGregor should have had one and one of the referees didn't, and therefore it falls down in the fine margin. So... I know that you feel that that's a, a, a huge inconsistency, but, but but maybe maybe it's just that fine margin. Do you see what I mean? Yes, obviously. And seeing the Morelis one, as you've explained about the referee, see five minutes after the game on Wednesday night, both McGregor and Ross came out and said that going off the park at half time, the referee said he. Yep. Seen the full incident Basically they were being witnesses For Morelos if you want to put it that way That he's seen the full incident And he was happy mm-hmm. to take it out the road Yeah and that, that's a lot of people are making that point as well Hugh because they're saying well, hold on a minute that The referee has offered an explanation To Jack Ross Which he's then relayed to the media So the referee is confirming that he's seen it But I, I guess like everyone he is still He's still afforded the chance after it To say did you see it all And, and, and maybe then when he looks at it again He decides that he didn't see the bit of it Which constituted the red card It's difficult to get inside people's heads Yeah, I mean we're back to the classic argument About real time and television time uh, The naked eye and the camera's eye when Kevin Clancy goes back and looks at it all that night when he got home, as I'm absolutely certain he would have done, he might have thought then, ah, I've made a mistake here. I think that, I think that Dan McGregor get booked for the for the grapple. Yes. For, for throwing Kamara to the floor. I don't think he get booked or, or 
I don't think that it was the challenge of the of the step on onto Kamara they get booked mm. first. So I think the referee missed both of these incidents, and and I think because and obviously and that's what he's explained. But you know, listen, we see even in VAR down south, where now particularly this season referees will go to the pitch side monitor. Mm. So they've given a decision, or they haven't given a decision. They then go to the pitch side monitor, and then they look at it again. As you said, you know, and and. You know, time after, if, if, if Kevin Clancy's got an opportunity at half time to look at that or after the game, he probably comes to a different conclusion. Uh, let's bring in Kenny, who's in Dunfermline. Thank you to Alan. Hi, Kenny. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Not bad at all. How are you? Hey, I'm very well. I hope you are well as well. Not bad at all. What's your take on all this then, Kenny? Um, guys, I'm a Rangers fan and uh, I, t- I t- totally think it's Morello's challenge was a red card. Mm-hmm. My problem is. How how can the, the referees say that Morelos is a violent conduct that McGregor's isn't he? When McGregor did three fouls and won the first foul, he, he almost jumped on his back. The second foul, he actually wrestled him to the ground, and then the third foul was to stand on his leg. I can't understand how watching both of them back, one's deemed to be worse than another. Yeah, I don't the, know how you agree, Hugh. That's the thing. But usually we'd argue about these things. But, but yeah, you, and, you and Jim I, agree. Yeah, I don't know how we can give Kenny an answer because we agree with Kenny. Jim and myself agree with Kenny. Hmm. Uh, you would have to put Kevin Clancy up in front of us and and say what was your thought process there, or indeed whoever took the decision today to cite. Alfredo Morelos but not cite Darren McGregor well, I told you, you ask them well I told you it goes to a panel of three former category one referees they looked at both incidents so I, I know this won't make Rangers fans feel any better I wouldn't wouldn't pretend that it's going to but it's not like they decided right we're going to we're going to take a look at Morelos but we're going to ignore Darren McGregor altogether I mean that that would be that's a serious injustice it, that, that didn't happen the same process took place and when the three referees looked at them both they unanimously agreed that Morelos was a red and for whatever reason and that's the bit I can't fill in they didn't think McGregor's was Jim let's try and second guess because it's all we can do is the assumption then that they felt McGregor's was more accidental yeah. would, that, would that be yeah. it? I don't know I think that, that's what they're trying to say they're trying to say that he didn't deliberately stamp on the opponent that he couldn't he, you know he, he, he's, he's trying to or... avoid him or whatever happens to be and that Morelos was deliberate so that's that's obviously I mean that, that that's their conclusion now it's not one I agree with it's not one that Hugh agrees with you know as I said as a, as a <laughs> ex-footballer back in the day you know I know that if someone falls underneath me I know how you try and get over someone. You know, you try and huddle them, you try and ex- split your legs, if you want to call it that, extend your step to try and avoid it. Or you think, nah, I tell you what, I'll just leave my leg in here because I can get away with this one. Do you and think McGregor definitely could have got out of the way? Because I'm assuming yeah. these three referees don't. Well, yeah. they must not have. Yeah, I think he could. Of yeah. course he could have. I mean, if he just splits his leg another six inches, eight inches, he goes, uh, his, le- his legs go either side of Kamara. But, you know, again, I'm not saying he's trying to injure them or anything like that, but, you know, he, he, can, he can just make sure that, um, you know, the player knows he's there. Mm. And, as I said, similar to Alfredo Morelos, he can, he, can, he can try and huddle them, but he doesn't try. So, for me, both are very similar, yeah. And, as I said, Morelos does have a reputation, and I think sometimes that can go against you. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, Kenny, what's next for, for Rangers then and Alfredo Morelos? Because I'm noticing a bit of a theme here. I feel like every Rangers fan who's coming on starts off by saying, yeah, do you know what? Morelos did deserve to get sent off, but... It's the other stuff, it's the inconsistency. We don't feel like everyone else is treated the same. 
does that mean then that Steven Gerrard still has a job to do with, with trying to get that out of Morelos because it will be the second time this season is that still something that Rangers might focus on behind closed doors yeah definitely I think um, sometimes his petulant behaviour actually goes against his actual good play so he's actually a better player than what he's actually shown up to be so I think he needs to he needs to grow up but it just seems that it's always him it's like there's, there's three occasions that people have been brought up and he's in two of them and it just seems to be one-sided and I know you'll hear Rangers fans all the time saying that the SFA is biased towards us going against us and after today's one where there's two stamping situations one has been brought up and the other one's been completely ignored then how, how, how that's where I'm being used yeah. I don't understand how they can do that oh, that's my point Kenny and, and I'm, again I'm not expecting you to say oh yeah that's great fine now I feel better but it's not been completely ignored do you see what I mean it's st- it, it, the process still kicked in it went to the panel of three refs and they couldn't unanimously agree like I say I know that doesn't make you feel any better but it's not been completely ignored do you see the difference yeah 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 I do, I do understand but what, like McGregor's one he, he wrestled him to the ground yeah. first after jumping on his back and then he'll uh, jump on his leg I just it's, it's bewildering Alright Kenny and Dunfermline Thank you 01419511025 Still plenty of time To get your calls in We're going to get travel With Stephen You could be up next Keep them coming You are the voice Of Scottish football Call 01419511025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans And Jim Duffy Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard What a busy day it was uh, And maybe there's still More to come In Scottish football Today uh, Peter Lawwell and Announcing he's leaving Celtic at the end of the season, 17 years at the club. So much has happened, roller coaster within that. Uh, let us know what you think. We'll get onto that very soon indeed, but there's still many more calls on Alfredo Morelos, uh, Ryan Portis, Darren McGregor, etc. So we'll take a couple more of them, but get your thoughts in on Peter Lowell. That's a big one as well. Um, Hugh, when it's Alfredo Morelos, it, it, it's a big deal, right? And Rangers fans would say that, that that sums up the problem. You don't focus on other people as much. Now, some of that's inevitable because he is one of the best players in the country. He, therefore, is one of the most famous players in the country. And he plays for one of the biggest clubs in the country. So there's part of that that's not surprising, that he gets more attention than other people. However, can you understand the sense of grievance... When you look at the other aspect of that story today, for instance, which is that Hibs could face disciplinary action from the Scottish FA, um, following comments by Irvin Welsh on, on Hibs TV. Now, the Scottish FA is going to look into it. That's not fast-tracked, so we would maybe hear the outcome down the line. Um, some very controversial comments made about Alfredo Morelos, and that feeds into a perception among some Rangers fans that he's he's just not dealt with the same way as other people. Well, first of all, let me say that uh, what Irvin Welsh had to say was totally out of order, totally unacceptable, and he's landed the club he supports in real bother. When I, along with yourself, Gordon, on a Saturday, look at Rangers TV, I see Alec Ray or I see Neil McCann. When I look at Celtic TV, I see Alan Stubbs or John Hartson or Simon Donnelly. When you have someone who is from out with the football world, like Irvin Welsh, you are then walking a tightrope because they don't understand the journalistic rules that we have to follow, the way people, ex-footballers, speak about present-day footballers and managers. So he took a walk on the wild side. 
and what he said was absolutely out of order and Hibbs must be mortified. They've already apologised to Rangers and I think it will now be the case that Hibbs TV will never again, certainly never again use Irvin Welsh, but never again use someone from outside of football. Yeah, like I say, that's not a fast-tracked issue, so that might be one that we'll hear from. You know, we maybe haven't heard the end of that, so um, watch this space, I suppose, in that regard. 01419511025. Stefan is a Rangers fan from Cardonald. What's your take on this notice of complaint today, Stefan? Yeah, hi, good evening, guys. Yeah, I'll be short and concise. Um, I, I, I can even the sentiments that you're saying that, you know, you can't have... You know, Alfredo Relos, which in all due respect, you know, if we want to be technical about it, it was a challenge which could be deemed a red card mm-hmm. retrospectively. Dan McGregor's, without doubt, like other comments have said, is also the same. But my bigger consideration for Alfredo Morelos, and he is quite combative and it's in his nature the way he plays football, but I genuinely believe he is being, which is what happens in modern day football, he has been victimised. On the pitch, we don't know what's what's been going on on the pitch with other players and such like. So I believe that a lot of players know that they can target him because he's reactive or he tries to play the the dark arts, if you want to call it that. But here, my goodness, look what he's putting up with. Like uh, you just talked about, I mean, for uh, an esteemed writer like Irvin Welsh, who is lauded by the Scottish government for being one of the most pioneering writers in modern contemporary Scotland, to come out and say something like that Mm. about a young man who's came from Colombia. He's playing his trade here and he does a lot of good charitable work. Now, I know that we all can say all these things, but what he's gone through as well for his experience of living in Scotland, we've got to start asking ourselves, at what point is the governing body going to show a bit of impartiality and show a bit of leadership? Because it's about time they get called out on the way they're treating Rangers players. But particularly this young Rangers player. Well, that's the thing. See, when you say Rangers player, Stefan, what do you mean by that? Because Rangers' disciplinary record has been exemplary this season, and until Tannadice, so had Alfredo Morelos, and, and that's now too. So, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, Rain, if, if other Rangers players are being what was the word victimised. Can I point in? Like, look at the double the double edged challenge by Ryan Porteous, where Ryan Kent had to use all his athletic ability mm-hmm. to ride the challenge in that game the other night. If his leg was planted he probably could have a serious injury to put him out of the season. The, the problem with that is, though, Stefan, it, it, it didn't. And I, I, having seen it, I tend to agree, but, but it didn't. And if it had, then, then maybe we've got a discussion on our hands. Yeah, but, I mean, regards to like, their disciplinary problem, that was something that last year, and you know, that the managers tried to ensure that we are whiter than white, because we know that one thing, the way we get treated by officials is very, very, uh, you know... Uh, for me personally unfair right well, he, he, here's, the, here's the thing on that Stefan right because I know the way Rangers fans feel about Alfredo Morelos but let, let, let's also consider the other side of it correct me if I'm wrong you, you kicked off by saying technically it should have been a red card yeah yeah right okay okay so mm-hmm. d- dare I suggest it Stefan he got away with it then Kevin Clancy let him away with it on the pitch and he got retrospectively punished uh, and scored the winner and, and he went on to <laughs> score the winner so if, if you're Jack Ross I, I bet you don't feel like Alfredo Morelos has been victimised because everyone including you Stefan including you as a Rangers fan thinks Alfredo Morelos should have been sent off and he wasn't and he went on to score the winner how does Jack Ross feel about that? Well the interesting thing about Jack Ross is I'll, be, I'll give you this quickly 
See when Alfredo Morales at the last game at Ibox wasn't playing. See Gogic and a lot of the physicality of the Hibs team. They were actually kicking our players off the pitch. No, see, see, that's the thing. I, I appreciate all that, but but if we can limit ourselves to, to to what we're talking about here, you're saying Alfredo Morelos has been has been victimised on the pitch and so on. And I have a lot of sympathy. We've just discovered the comments made on Hibs TV, but he, you have just told me he should have been sent off the other night, and he wasn't, and he went on and scored the winner. Well, what I mean by that is, if we're going by the letter of the law, and we know that football isn't, you know, it's not always done by the letter of the law, I'm saying, if we're going to look at it retrospectively, Dan McGregor and Alfredo Morelos could have got red-carded. It looks like mm-hmm. Alfredo Morelos has been red-carded. But the thing is, for me as well, is about even the way that the Commentary Act regards to sports journalism in this in this country, where it's like Ian Crocker and Andy Walker, and I, I respect the fact that they're journalists, but the way that they went about uh, of, uh, you know, espousing, mm-hmm. you know, Alfredo Morelos should be getting a red card. There was like long durational parts of the commentary mm-hmm. where they were just pursuing it. Now, the example I'll give you is uh, the Celtic captain last week. The young Irish chap making his debut for Livingston get clotheslined. And he got and sent off. Well, he got sent off. But, you know, there, there wasn't like... A big, huge sway of media attention. Yeah, he got, he got sent off, though, Stefan. Like the, the decision-making process took place there on the pitch. I can't speak on behalf of Ian Crocker or Andy Walker. What I do know is that Jim Duffy and Hugh Evans <laughs> actually agree with Stefan that Darren McGregor should have been sent off as well. Yeah, we do agree. But uh, you know, listen, Stefan's tried. You know, get around the houses there rather than just deal with the situation that that happened um, last week. And you know. The, the one thing that Stefan does have, uh, you know, which I do agree with, is that players will try and wind uh, Alfredo Morelos up. Of course you would, because if you know someone's got a short fuse, then you will try a little bit to try and wind them up or nudge them and bump them and, you know, as the balls went away, you head. And, and Alfredo Morelos does the same. <laughs> and he's, he's a very competitive player. But, uh, no, I, I, I don't think he's been victimised since he came to Scotland. As I say, I do uh, understand that, um, you know, when you're a, a player coming from a different culture and a different uh, country and all stuff, you know, you know, and he, and he has got that fire in his belly. There's no doubt about it that uh, you know he's not going to back away from any challenge. Absolutely not. But mm. just taking this incident in isolation, he got away with it on the pitch, scored the winner. So Rangers got three points, got the benefit. Now it looks as if he'll be punished. We all agree that Dan McGregor was the same. He should have got a red card, in our opinion, and that didn't happen. So if just take that in isolation, then. Um, he had a favourable decision on the day because Kevin Clancy didn't send him off didn't leave Rangers with 10 men and and, and he got the possibility of going on and scoring the winner Hugh? If I was a manager oh, imagine, I would go out and, Yeah, exactly If I was a manager I'd say press every button on uh, Alfredo Morelos' shirt and if I was a manager I would say press every button on Scott Brown's shirt because the two of them will react, and that's what's happened. And now Brown missed the game midweek because he gets sent off at Livingston. Alfredo Morelos, in all likelihood, will miss three games now. It's not that they are being picked on because of where they come from, their background in any way, shape or form. It's because they'll respond. Thank you very much to Stefan. Let's do another Chris's and co-winning. Hi, Chris. How are you doing, gents? Straight to the point here. Um, so, Morelos, let's 
be honest, he's a bit stupid at times. Um, hopefully Jim can maybe back me up in this one. You know, I think he's just a wee bit inexperienced. Being a leave, he's leaving a wee bit on the players, but he's making it too obvious. Um, a bit more experienced players, like your Scott Browns and stuff, they, they're cute about it, which, let's be honest, it happens all the time. And the other point is, with regards to the, the judging panel, now, you said earlier on uh, that we were second-guessing mm-hmm. how they get these decisions. So is there not a point that we can have them, don't they be identified, just to come out and explain, this is how we came to this conclusion, and this is how we came to this conclusion. It might appease fans, it might not, mm-hmm. but it could look that way, kind of having some clarity about it. Good question. Someone might need to correct me if I'm wrong here. I think af- I think that'll happen after the hearing, because bearing in mind, Alfredo Morelos might not be banned for this. Rangers have until Monday to respond. And, and then the process goes on from there I think if there is a hearing you do eventually get, get a written judgement but someone can uh, can correct me if I'm wrong but do you get that Hugh that sort of thirst for yeah. transparency if you call it that yeah I don't mind the written judgement with a full explanation of why one man was dealt with and the other was not but I'm very much against uh, let's have the names of the people involved because there have been to be too fair, many Chris said that yeah, the, the, there have been too many instances in the past of people then finding their personal lives seriously hampered by that kind of information being given out. But by all means, a full written explanation that you can read out on Super Scoreboard and then we can pick the bones out of that. Yeah, and you know, just get back to Chris's point about being cute and a wee bit inexperienced. Again, Chris, I, I agree that you know sometimes even if someone has given you a little nudge, bump, whatever happens to be, and you're in a tango, you had you had it with um, you know Scott McKenna up Aberdeen and all these kind of things, and you'll get players who have a have a, a little bit of conflict. And obviously, Portis is a very competitive player as well, and a bit rash at times. I've said this on the program before, but it will take a wee bit of time. And maybe when he's twenty five, twenty six. He just smiles a little bit, he sees it coming, he brushes it off, he realises, he actually takes it as a compliment that, t- that players are trying to kick him, trying to wind him up because he's a good player. And that, that sometimes takes a little bit longer just to sink in. Cause that, that was you my know? point to one, to one of the previous callers. Steven Gerrard, behind closed doors, might well feel the exact same as the Rangers fans. He might feel that Alfredo Morelos... Um, has been has been hard done by or, or victimised or whatever it is but every single Rangers fan who's come on the phone or on Twitter so far has started off with saying I agree Morelos should have been sent off yeah. but and then the but comes if you're Steven Gerrard do you actually do you, do you, do you want to focus on the first part because that's the part that you you can control you know and, and the, I don't know if the, the club can go and fight the SFA if they want and, and try and get to the bottom of it but if you're Steven Gerrard you're interested in that first bit which says Morelos should have been sent off. Yeah, I mean, I think that Stephen Gerrard has come out, you know, several times. It's not just, I mean, he's, he's, he's had the, the bit of indiscipline and then he left him out when he was late coming back um, last year when they're going to play Hearts in the Cup. Uh, you know, he's obviously mentioned, you know, the, you know he, he's going to put an arm around him. He said he's not going to turn away uh, and, and turn his back on Alfredo Morelos. He believes he's got a top-class mm-hmm. player there and he's going to do everything he's pivot. And Stephen Gerrard, by his own admission, when he was a bit younger, was really full on and really want to win every tackle and get a couple of red cards and all these kind of things. So I think he's, he's a terrific manager to 
to, to get inside Morales' head, but sometimes these things mm-hmm. take a little bit longer. You know, it's not just the fact that he's mm-hmm. 22 or 23 years of age, whatever he is. You know, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit longer, as I said, and try to explain to him the reason they're doing this is because they can't handle you taking the ball and they can't handle you using your strength to roll them. They can't handle the goal you're scoring. So you build his, his profile up as a top footballer and then hopefully that sinks mm. in that along with that comes uh, comes a few a few challenges you've just got to ignore them and smile a little bit and brush them aside Chris Rangers actually accepted the, chal- uh, the charge from Tanadice mm. earlier in the season Rangers accepted that and Morelos um, then was banned do you think they'll accept this one? of what else has went on in the game no um, but for the record I don't believe there's any bias for Rangers Celtic Hibs Aberdeen anybody the referees are just They've had enough job as it is, um, and maybe one day we'll have a, a super scoreboard where we never talk about a referee. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> you leave the jokes to Hugh Evans, Chris. And, and, and Hugh, that's the other side of it. I know there's a bigger discussion here, and Rangers fans really want to analyse how Morelos is treated in comparison to other people. But if he's done for this, and the Rangers fans will agree it should have been a red, that's a huge mistake by Kevin Clancy. Rangers accepted the charge at Tanadice earlier this season. That's a huge mistake from... Stephen McLean I think sorry Stephen if you're listening and it wasn't so so there is that side of it referees are missing this stuff oh sure yeah I mean, and you know that you can call it incompetence that might be uh, too strong a word perhaps but it's certainly negligence uh, and for me the Alfredo Morelos incident was there for Kevin Clancy to see uh, as I've said there's real time there's the naked eye versus the camera's eye, etc., etc. But I'm sure that when Kevin Clancy saw that properly and studied it, he must have thought to himself, I have made a bloomer there. 0141 951 1025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Thank you to Chris uh, in Kilwinning. I love to be surprised on this show, and I never thought it was possible. I knew the day would come that Peter Lawwell would leave, right? And after 17 years... I thought it would dominate the show. 45 minutes in, and we've, we've found something else uh, to take the, the, the heat off it. But listen, that's a huge story. Let's take a breath for some travel. Give us your thoughts on Peter Lawwell. 01419511025. Celtic fans, what do you make of him leaving? How will you look back? What type of legacy does he leave? 01419511025. This is Scottish football's lead leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jim Duffy is in the studio, Hugh Keevens is at home and they're both waiting for you to get in touch. We're here until 8 o'clock, that's 8pm, I think it would need to be 8am tomorrow to try and uh, squeeze all these calls in, so please a bit of, um, give us some sympathy. Poor Hugh's at home as well, so you need to give him, you need to be nicer to him than normal. He's not getting any sympathy, he's getting all, all his mod cons and all that, he's got his teas made and everything sitting next to him, isn't he Hugh? I just uh, round the corner did a quick interview for Scottish television this mm-hmm. afternoon signed a few autographs came back <laughs> the usual day actually when he said about yeah. the interview I thought he was being serious then the autographs I thought who on earth <laughs> who in the right mind would want that um, Hugh you have followed football in this city for a long old time you don't need me to tell you uh, and the news today that Celtic's chief executive Peter Lawwell is going to step down from his role in the summer after 17 years at the club uh, that must be one that, that registers with you 
I know a successful chief executive from an unsuccessful chief executive, Gordon, and I can go back to Terry Cassidy in 1990 being given this role at Celtic. Now, there you are, there's 30-odd years ago. Unsuccessful. Alan McDonald, lovely, lovely man. Unsuccessful. Ian McLeod, very nice man. Unsuccessful. Peter Lawwell, very successful. 29 trophies Celtic won on Peter Lawwell's watch, the second nine in a row of Celtics history on Peter Lawwell's watch. Sadly for Peter Lawwell, everything is seen in the context of ten in a row. And the loss of ten in a row has been a devastating blow for the Celtic supporters. And mistakes were made. Awful buys were made. Mm. Dubai was a debacle. The ten has gone, and soon Peter will be gone, but he did more good than bad. Yeah, he'll retire in June after first joining the club in 2003. He'll be succeeded by Dominic Mackay, who has worked as Scottish Rugby's Chief Operating Officer. Let's bring in Frank in Crookston. Frank, as a Celtic fan, what did you make of that, that news this morning when you heard it? I thought it was, I thought it was on the car, and that, and typical UK, and just tell me by my thunder away there. No, you can, you can, you can sum up much better than him. He was just setting up for you. I, I, I think Peter Lowell done a great job for Celtic, and I don't think the Celtic fans realised that we need, we need somebody in there to look after finance side and, and everything else. And he done, he done a cracking job. As, as, as you even says, you're Terry Cassidy's and all that. And I don't think it's, it's all because of this big 10 in a row carry on. And I think that the, the, the blame has got to lie. Is, is definitely and I like Neil Lennon and I think he's done his time and I think after this obviously we, we all know he's going, he's going to have to go one way or the other but I think Neil and John Kennedy have been watching these players I'm training with these players every day and we're watching it on the television and we're seeing these mistakes every week and every night and if he can't see that then he shouldn't, shouldn't be there to do the job and I think that's it's no Peter Loggles to blame about well, this scenario or a tender or it's to do with our manager and our football team that's the players that's, that's the, that is the main concern I suppose the, the, the thing about leadership roles though Frank is, is you take accountability when it's good and you have accountability when it's going bad so Hughes mentioned the the highlights, if you like, the successes under Peter Lawwell's tenure. You look at the, the nine in a row, the quadruple treble, Brendan Rodgers, Invincibles. You don't need me to tell you about the Van Dykes and the Tierneys, you know, some of the business that was done. But, but sometimes in a kind of leadership role or a role like that, you're judged on the way you left things. What, what was the state of the place when, when you left? As good a job as you think he's done, is there a danger that for some Celtic fans they'll remember this, they remember the most recent thing? Well, of course not. Obviously, I mean, when Brendan went away, I, 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 dare, I dare say Brendan's still here at the Celtic, but I probably will never go to 10 in a row. But I think, of, I'm, not really, I'm not saying that Neil, Neil, should, Neil is going to be splattered over the paper saying you lost his 10 in a row, because he came in when we needed somebody. And if you say to yourself, well, a Celtic man, no, this thing is a Celtic man, he's a, okay, he's a Celtic man, he loves the club, right, and we brought him in. It's, it's not happened, but... We we don't want to, we don't want to end up saying the saying the new you were you were bad and calling all the names every day. That that's that's no that's not how we Celtic fans behave ourselves. But they have done it now, mm-hmm. and it's always all because of this ten in a row. But that's the, that's the problem, isn't it, Hugh? When you are, but that, that that like I say, that's leadership. So Frank is, I'm, I'm simplifying it here, but Frank's essentially saying. Celtic's current debacle is he he blames Neil Lennon or he thinks Neil Lennon and John Kennedy could do more. But when you're the chief executive. 
people are going to say well why didn't you identify that why didn't you remove that guy from his job why did you perhaps put him in the job in the first place yeah you're the head of the house inevitably it will come back to you but when this season is reviewed in years to come they'll all get the blame Peter uh, Neil Lennon Dermot Desmond uh the players on an individual and collective basis um, and the club now is at that watershed moment where because of what's happened this season uh, it's time to reset and Dominic Mackay will be part of that process. I just think that Peter Lawwell deserves recognition rather than being reviled for what has taken place this season. It is an awful blow to the Celtic supporters. I listen to them here every night expressing their horror at what has taken place. But in retrospect, they will remember Peter Lawwell as a good, a successful chief executive. Any truth in the rumour that you were pipped by Dominic Mackay for the post? Well, you know, the only thought that came to mind this morning when I heard that Peter was retiring, I thought, he's only got four months left to, ba to ban me again. <laughs> How many have you had, actually, under his, his time? Two, is uh, it? One? Th two. Have you not got the match ball in your room? I'm sure you're the hat-trick. <laughs> Signed. I'm sure you're the hat-trick. I mean, I'm sure we can find out in the coming <laughs> days. Uh, right, thank you very much to Frank in Crookston. Um, Frank was very much... Thanks to Peter Lowell, did a great job. Jerry is on the line. Are you the same, Jerry? No, Gordon, I'm very much the opposite. Um, the, the thing with Peter Lowell is this you, you talk about the 29 trophies there. He absolutely deserves credit for being part of that. But the, the issue is 30 trophies, it should have been 10 in a row. And that will be not necessarily the defining point of his legacy, but it's a major part of it. But also, I think, and, and this, is a, this is a bigger point, but I think for a lot of Celtic fans, and maybe more of the hardcore fans, maybe more of the even shareholders, Peter Lawwell, for them, was more interested in old firm incorporated rather than trying to pursue Celtic. You know, whether it's rumours, whether it's even true or not, it doesn't matter. A lot of Celtic fans just don't believe that he stood up for Celtic um, 10 years ago. You know, where are Rangers right now? Rangers are going to win the league again. But they're doing it in the same way they did it 10 years ago, by spending money they don't have. There's no financial fair play legislation in Scottish football. A lot of Celtic fans wanted Peter Lawwell to make sure suddenly this couldn't happen again. But it is going to. And that's on his watch. And they don't feel that he stood up for the interests of Celtic. I've been on the show before explaining this. That is one of the defining issues. Peter Lawwell was more interested in the brand of the old firm rather than trying to pursue Celtic mm. on its own path. Hugh, if ever a call summed up the way Glasgow can work sometimes, Jerry's main thing after 17 years in charge, the thing he holds against Peter Lawwell is that he didn't keep his foot on Rangers' neck enough. Yeah, uh, it's not about Celtic's interest for Jerry. It's about putting Rangers out of business. Um, now, I don't believe that Peter Lawwell did take that attitude of mind that I'm going to keep the old firm in business. Uh, he let the legislative process take care of everything. And the administration liquidation was followed by Rangers uh, being placed in the bottom league. Uh, if Jerry regrets every night of his life that Rangers did not go out of business altogether. Jerry will have to live with that. Peter Lawwell was trying to be chief executive of a big mm. football club becoming more and more successful on his watch. Jim, I, I learn new things about this rivalry every day. Um, I would have thought that you don't have to be wholehearted in your praise. You might look at some of the things that, that Peter Lowell didn't do well, but but I thought over the 17 years there would there would be more in there than the way he treated Rangers. 
Yeah, well, I mean, or or the first thing Jerry said, it's not about the 29 trophies, it's not getting the 30th. I think that was the first <laughs> the first line that uh, he said that, uh, you know, was, it was telling you it was going to be a bit more pessimistic than, 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 than praise. But, yeah, you know, listen, any other chief executive of pretty much any other uh, club in the world had that record, they'd be lauded. Uh, and also, it'd be a healthy bank balance into the bargain um, when, you, when you didn't have Rangers in the league for several years. Um, you know, and then obviously this year in particular as well, with no having no fans and and the, the whole aspect of what's happened um, to football and, and to life in general this year, um, you know, to use the, the the most common word of unprecedented times. So you know, listen, me personally, um, I, I think um, Peter Lowe done a sensational job at Celtic over the years. Um, you know, but uh, obviously Jerry has a different opinion. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online Right, we're already two minutes late for this but producer Callum won't hold that against me too much 17 years for Peter Lowell so there's still quite a bit more to get through Beat the Pundit is first though it's a good way to end the week take a bit of the stress off we'll send you a sign ball you can boot it around your living room on lockdown do what you like 0141 951 1025 be quick lines close at 7 your chance to beat the pundit is next Tackle the headlines 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Jim Duffy in the studio Hugh Keevans in his man cave We're here until 8 o'clock So keep the calls flowing in Very busy on the phones tonight 0141-951-1025 As you would expect A lot of reaction coming into the news That Alfredo Morelos has been given A notice of complaint For that alleged stamp on Ryan Porteous No such Action taken against Darren McGregor So those two um, seem to have gotten everyone going on the phones Huge story coming out of Celtic That Peter Lobel is leaving at the end of the season So keep your thoughts coming on all of them And more after we do this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk slash football Another defeat for Gordon DL last night We're giving away these sign balls like nobody's business But Hugh Keevans is stuck at home So I assume he's been studying Jim Duffy's Dumbarton side Are not playing football at the moment So I assume he's got more time to study Let's see what Brian in Shettleston can do How's it going Brian? I'm fine thank you I hope you are well Yeah can't complain Brian How do you rate yourself at Beat the Pundit? You'll have played along at home I'm sure Um. Just depends what question I, uh, I'll get. Um, I've got a good memory about football, okay. so I think I can do okay. That's fine. Well, I'll decide. Let's see how we get on. Uh, Hugh Keevans, are you ready? I am. Right, I'm going to toss the coin. If it's heads, it will be Hugh Keevans that plays, and if it's tails, it will be Jim Duffy. So let's see what the coin's got for us tonight. Ooh, and it is heads. Hugh Keevans. Now we need to make sure the technology doesn't let us down, Hugh. So I'm going to make you disappear. Don't panic. You know the way you worry about these things, so you'll just hear nothing for about a minute or so. Okay. Right. Oh, how good's that? You can silence you, Keevan. See the power I've got in this room. Cool. Uh, right, Brian, here's the deal. 30 seconds. Answer as many questions right as you can. And if you don't know it, pass quickly and we will move on, okay? Okay. Good man, 30 seconds and it starts now. Who was the last Scottish club that Scott McDonald played for? Motherwell. Who managed Scotland at Euro 96? Craig Brown. Which Scottish team are nicknamed the Red Lickties? Pass. Jake Hasty joined Rangers from which team? Motherwell. Who will replace Peter Lawwell as Celtic CEO in June? 
Pass Sam Cosgrove is currently subject of a bid from which English team? Pass Who has done the United's top scorer this season? Shankland Okay let's bring Hugh Keevans back It's a different button this time Where is he? Hugh can you hear us? I can Oh good you're back Right same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now Who is the last Scottish club that Scott McDonald played for? Um, Celtic Who managed Scotland at Euro 96? Craig Brown Which Scottish side are nicknamed the Red Lickties? Abroth Jake Hasty joined Rangers from which team? Motherwell Who will replace Peter Lowell as Celtic's CEO in June? Dominic McKay Sam Cosgrove is currently the subject of a bid from which English team? Birmingham Who is Dundee United's top scorer this season? Uh, Lauren Shankland Okay, okay Brian, how do you think that went? I think he's just beat me to be honest with you Yeah, I feel like docking him points though Because I know there's, there are people out there um, who, who keep an eye on these things and, and give out awards on Twitter But I think that's one of the worst answers we've ever had That Scott McDonald's last Scottish club was Celtic Because how long did he go on after that, <laughs> Hugh Keevans? I'll give, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt You've been stuck in the man cave for too long <laughs> We'll call it a brain fade. Um, <laughs> Brian was a bit closer with Motherwell, but it was actually Partick Thistle. Thistle. And even oh, played for Dundee United after Motherwell, so there was yeah. a couple in there anyway. Nil Thistle. nil. Good start, guys. Uh, who managed Scotland at Euro 96? You both knew that, Craig Brown. Mm-hmm. The Red Lickties are both 2 1 Keevens. You're still in it, though, Brian. You knew that Jake Hasty mm-hmm. uh, joined Rangers from Motherwell, so it's 3 2 to Hugh Keevens, but it's, he starts to stretch his legs there. You know, because he's a bit older, it takes, once you warm up, but he, he's better over a longer distance, Hugh Keevens. Uh, he knew that Dominic Mackay is going to take over from Peter Lowell. He also knew that Sam Cosgrove is subject of a bid mm-hmm. from Birmingham, uh, which means he's pretty much wrapped it up. It's 5 2 at this mm-hmm. point. You both went Shankland. You were both wrong. It's Nicky, Nicky Clark, Clark. Uh, but it didn't uh-huh. matter in the end. You got two, Brian. It wasn't bad, but the experience won on the night. Hard lines. Well done, Hugh. Thank you, Brian. Good man, Brian Shettles. <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> look at the look in his face because we, we've been giving away far too many sign balls yeah. recently. So uh, there we go. Well done. Thank you, you to Brian. You can put the money back in the charity box now. That's it. Thanks to Brian <laughs> and Shettleston. Beat the pundit. We'll be back Monday night at the same time. Uh, I feel like the transfer window always takes a bit to get going here Jim sometimes it doesn't heat up at all but just since we're on the topic of beat the pundit it looks like Sam Cosgrove will um, go from Aberdeen to Birmingham yesterday Jason Cummings signed for Mm -hmm. Dundee Uh, we'll hear from Jack Ross later on Ryan Portis and Kevin Nisbet are are wanted men but I think Hibs are trying to hold on to them knocking back bids mother will have signed Sam Foley from St Mirren so there are moves being made yeah I mean to be honest with you any of the clubs, whether it's Aberdeen with Sam Cosgrove, whether it's Nisbet and Porteous, I think they have to sell. Just now. I don't mean they have to from the club's perspective, you know, financially, but just with the fact that no fans, there's no, there's no, you know, you know, obvious uh, change in, in any of those circumstances on the horizon. So to bring in a million or two million pounds at this moment in time in Scottish football. I, I think they'd be absolutely crazy to turn down any offers if it was six figures or more for any of these players, even if you think they're worth a little bit more. Put some caveats in further down the line, you know, if they get percentages and add-ons and all these things. But to me, if uh, either Hibs... I know, I know it weakens a team, I know it's hard to replace them, but at this moment in time, I think that uh, most chief executives would be saying, get in that car, I'm driving you down. Uh, this is essential because we need this money. Yeah. Uh, all right, 01419511025. Geo the Jer is suspicious. He says, if Hugh Keevens is at home, how can you tell he's not listening in? I just have to take his word for it. He's a man of great integrity. And when I press the magic button, 
he hears nothing. Is that correct, Hugh? You were in silence during Beat the Pundit? He almost gave me a heart attack. I don't mean good. I don't mean good about that. I mean good that, that you couldn't hear us. People think I'm trying to kill off Hugh Keevans. That's the last thing we need. Um, just when you think you've heard every conspiracy going in the show, that's that's one I don't want to to take on. Right, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We just about got round to Peter Lawwell uh, before the news. Scott and Barmulloch has some thoughts. Um, a bit of a split so far, Scott. From memory, two calls, one in favour or one thanking Peter Lawwell for a good job well done the other one not so much how do you see it? Well, I'm in the, I'm in the, the camp of he's done a great job mm. um, I'm old enough to remember when Alan McDonald took over and I'm old enough to remember Terry Cassidy in charge and I'm old enough to remember the old board in charge um, and to win 29 trophies or be part of a club that he's helped to win 29 trophies over that 17 year period I think it's nothing short of fantastic um, I, I I can get where some people seem to want to criticise them, say about money this and money that. Well, as are, um, the club across the Clyde, um, we're willing to show sometimes you throw money at things, it doesn't always work out to the best way. And I think Peter has had a very firm hand in the tiller. Maybe there's times where maybe we should have pushed the boat out a wee bit more. But then again, I'd rather have my club in the position it has just now than be in a position like Rangers had to do get out in the third division and bring their way back up again so for that if he was he'll not be listening but if he is well yes, done he will be, I'm sure he's done a magnificent job yeah Hugh you can split it up into so many different categories can't you with, with spoke about obviously you know his, his trophies he, he's part of that so he has to take um, some of that praise Scott's talking about finances financial stability and, and that that might be the bit where, there, where there's the most debate. Some of the, some of the numbers, Celtic's balance sheet um, has looked magnificent at times over, over uh, Peter Lowell's tenure. Um, when you look at some of the commercial deals, I think the current one with Adidas is is it the biggest ever by a Scottish club? Um, possibly the one for, with New Balance at the time would have had that record as well. Lennox Town, I guess, would would be part of Peter Lowell's legacy. But, but then that, funnily enough, that's also the thing that that some Celtic fans hold against them and, and they talk about your favourite subject John McGinn or other ones or whatever you know finance seems to be the area that, that's most up for debate depending on how you see these things Having praised Peter to the hilt from 6 o'clock onwards tonight uh, there are other areas where I'd have to take issue with the man um, on his watch I think he, he, he lost sight of Europe and with it the massive amounts of money that can be won from participation in the Champions League. Uh, Celtic, on Peter's watch, became European also runs. There were plenty of opportunities to qualify for the Champions League and get big money, but they were squandered on the back of uh, feeble performances, mainly at Celtic Park. So he took his eye off Europe and the money because of this 10 in a row. The whole business of 10 in a row has held Celtic back, I think. Uh, and Peter must take his share of responsibility for that. How do you look back on, on Europe then, Scott? Because I guess some people, again, if you're, if you're firmly in the well-done Peter Lowell camp, you would say, well, the fact that, that, that we got there on any of those occasions was good. And I'm sure, was it twice in the last 16 during Peter Lowell's time? Um, but then others, and Hugh's pointing out that he, he feels that that wasn't enough and that should have been more. Do you agree? Yeah. 
Where do you go with this book? Because see, at the end of the day, Celtic getting to, or, or even Rangers for that matter, if they ever get to the, to the group stage, that in itself is an achievement considering how many games you've got to play to get through. And I know what Hugh's talking about when he's talking about, oh, I feel you this and feel that. See, this season, Celtic spent £18 million on about four players. And we're still no further forward like at full-back area and the centre-half area. So it's OK saying that, well, Peter's kept me, he's moving no spent enough on that. But you've got to remember, they have spent good money. You can't just say that we've brought in guys like, like Sean, we've called Duffy, Big Duffy, or um, the likes of Ayeke, or Kamala, or we spent a lot of money. It's at the end of the day, people, one person does one job, or another person does another. Neil's a manager, manages the team, coaches the team, allegedly, um, along with Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy. Um, you can't hold the chief executive responsible. So is he the, the new chief executive? He's a rugby man. We're going to start blaming him for a few wheel football pitch. Oh, here's the, that's the thing, Scott. I'm not. I wouldn't give Peter Lowell all the credit for anything and I wouldn't give him all the blame for anything. I think we just accept, oh, Jim, broadly, when you're the chief exec, everything has to ev- eventually kind of reflect on you. And he, any, any person in that position would know that. So recruitment would be another mm-hmm. one because how many times have they been praised? Mm-hmm. Van Dyke, you know, the business, the, the return on that. Mm-hmm. Academy products. Mm-hmm. We talk about guys that have come through and won trophy after trophy and are still there, McGregor and Forrest. You bring an academy guy through and sell him for £25 million, like Kieran Tierney. And then there's the other side. There's the ones that, that were missed out on. There was the Brendan Rogers sitting and saying, Marion Shved, I don't know if we need another mm-hmm. winger. Oh, okay, well, you know, what's happening there? So recruitment's another mm-hmm. um, interesting debate. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if you're a, a chief executive of a, of a huge uh, club and in, in, in business uh, as Celtic are, um, you're, you're not going to get every decision right. It's impossible for 17 years. And uh, you want to get the, the vast majority right and the important ones right. Of course, it's like any, like a football manager uh, uh, signing players when they managers used to pick all the players that is that's very rarely the case now at the top clubs but um, you know if if um, you look at it as I said as a body of work over that 17 years then I, then I think you'd have to be really tough on someone if you didn't think that was a successful tenure do, do you think that has to happen down the line rather than today because like I said earlier yeah. on sometimes when you're in that type of position you're judged on on what you've left behind mm. immediately rather than what you did 10 years ago and that, that I think that maybe human nature yeah if someone said that uh, you know whether if it was a, a period of time you know as you say if you looked at nine in a row if someone just mentioned nine in a row but the fact is that Hugh was mentioned there because the ten in a row kind of overshadowed everything uh, this year and what's gone on before um, you know the, the then people don't look at the, the Brendan Rodgers era they, they don't look at the quadruple treble they don't look at the invincible season and so on and they don't look at those cha- Champions League um, opportunities that Celtic were in um, all of that's almost pushed to the mm. background because everything was focused on one thing which was 10 in a row Scott you're a good man thanks for phoning tonight let's bring in Michael in Townhead and see how he feels about that news today hi Michael hi guys hope you're all keeping well and keeping safe all good thanks uh, I just want to say Peter Lowell Hughes says that uh, Peter Lowell will be remembered fondly by the Celtic fans and done a good job to an extent I agree I agree financially We've done a we've done a very good job, but on the part I think it has cost us. Uh, I think in twenty twelve, period twenty twelve twenty sixteen, Celtic had a real opportunity to really kick on in Europe. At least won the treble. The league, let's be honest, it was a formality for Celtic, and instead.
instead we took the option of downsizing. We sold all our best players, you know, Foster, Wanyama, Hooper, Joel Edley, and we replaced them with mediocrity, Nadia Chiefchi, Stefan Sepovic, Tyler Blackett, you know, players who just in another era would never have been near Celtic and the downsizing only really hit home for me was when Tom Rogic skied his penalty in the cup semi final against Rangers. That was the point where Celtic became ambitious again and brought Ben Rogers. But those four years I think was a really big missed opportunity. What do you make of that, Hugh? If we're breaking uh, well, the era up and taking a smaller section. And uh, there are pros and cons over 17 years when you're running a club as big as Celtic uh, the decision to appoint Ronnie Dyla for me was a mistake uh, but I think Peter Lawwell thought at the time Rangers aren't in the division I could have anybody here and win the league uh, but Ronnie Dyla didn't take Celtic forward as a team I'm not talking about the club in general the football team on the park he did not take them forward and he admitted as much but to be fair though Michael's saying that that's because he wasn't he wasn't given the, the same tools that other managers were given the, 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 the budget or, or the, the, the level of finance he was given to spend on players and the players that he brought in maybe well, contributed to that but, but you know he was got rid of by Dermot Desmond now Celtic then employed Brendan Rodgers on Hollywood wages a, a wage that Scottish football had never seen at managerial level and the club went on to quadruple trebles and what have you so Celtic became terrifically successful after Ronnie Dyla had left the building so to go back to the Ronnie Dyla period and blame Peter Lobel for what exactly because thereafter Celtic went on to achieve things that were unprecedented within Scottish football. As I've said, mm -hmm. my gripe with them was that in order to do that, he took his eye off Europe and Celtic, who pride themselves on the, being the first British club to win the European Cup and so on and so forth, Celtic became an irrelevance in Europe. Michael, you want to come back in and maybe counter some of Hugh's points? Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. Uh, we brought in Brendan Rodgers and we went on to do something that will never be done a never be done again. Sorry, but I think those four years, 2012, 2016, was a real missed opportunity. We could have kicked on in Europe instead. We'd made no progress whatsoever. We could have, we should have won the treble. Instead, we were lose cup ties to teams like Morton, Ross County, Aberdeen at home, etc. And the mediocrity on the park was abysmal. I mean, there was players there who in another year would never be near a team at Celtic and were there simply because the league was won from day one. I mean, Celtic were not going to win, were not going to lose a league. And the 2015-16 season in particular, under Ronnie Dyla, was the worst Celtic team I've ever seen to win a title. Aberdeen ran us really close and could, could have won it if not for their own ability to, to collapse. And that was all due to the downsizing from Rangers being out of the league. What about the con what about the sort of here and now, Michael? Something that's been coming through in your fellow Celtic fans is look what Peter Lawwell's done overall versus where we find ourselves right now with with the team, with Dubai, with Neil Lennon, with the ten seemingly gone, all the rest of it. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, I mean, I think most Celtic fans have said it already. It's been an absolute shambles this season. I mean, we went from Brendan Rodgers, who was a really good professional manager, good tactical very good tactical knowledge of the game and we brought in Neil Lennon who I mean I'm a Celtic supporter I love Neil Lennon as a player and he was good as manager first time round but at that point in time it was the cheap option 
it was not, you know, kicking on. It was, again, one of the league as cheaply as possible and it has, you know, really, really cost us a season. And Dubai was, I mean, that's a fiasco. If you leave in the middle of a global pandemic, that's just utter nonsense. All right, Michael, we'll leave it there. It was nice to speak to you, though. Make sure you do it again. That was Michael in Nielston. Uh, 0141-951-1025. Still lots more to come. We might even get round to previewing this weekend's football at some point, Jim. It's, <laughs> it's a, a novel, novel idea. Um, but yeah, it's understandable. Some big stories all around. I've got a good teaser for you. I'll give you that next as well. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. More than a million paid in compensation every week. It's a dog. It's a cat. It's a dog. We are now going to witness the effect of eating a big tasty from McDonald's. Mm. It's back. Big tasty. Big silence. (whistles) Served after 11am. Participating restaurants only. Available until the 9th of February. At Volvo, we understand you may still need us. So our virtual doors remain open for business. You can still service your Volvo and stay safe on the road. There's no need to delay a repair, because we're operating COVID-safe servicing and maintenance. And if you're looking for a new or approved used Volvo, we can support you through a virtual appointment or phone call, where you can explore the car's features, all from the comfort of your own sofa, while COVID-safe contactless deliveries will continue to take place. Our showroom doors may be closed, but our virtual ones aren't. Volvo, we're here for you. So you stay safe. Have you taxed your vehicle? Don't worry, it's never been easier to do it. It's all online. Just go to gov.uk forward slash dvla forward slash tax it now and enter a few details. Job done. You can even set up a direct debit so it's always sorted. So before you do this... Make sure you do this. It's never been easier to tax your vehicle. Lockdown nights may be long and dark, but Now TV has you covered. With brand new original films like Blythe Spirit starring Judi Dench. And join Will Smith as he returns in Bad Boys for Life. Or revisit timeless classics on Now TV. With The Shawshank Redemption and Oscar-winning blockbusters like Joker and Judy. Stream all these and more with a seven-day free trial. Only on Now TV. 18 plus UK only. New cinema customers only. Pass auto renews at 11 99 a month unless cancelled. Terms apply. Clyde One loves feeling our best with health advice from MD Green Pharmacy. Hi, I'm Kevin from the MD Green Pharmacy Group. If lockdowns, Christmas excess, or New Year's resolutions have meant that you're thinking of dieting, then the MD Green Pharmacy Group want to help. Their professional trained teams can provide hints and tips, lifestyle advice, and support to assist you on your quest to becoming healthier. We can also offer a range of products which will aid you on your weight loss journey. Clyde One loves feeling our best with health advice from M&D Green Pharmacy. Find out more by contacting the medical experts in branches across Glasgow, Renfrewshire and Ayrshire and visit ClydeOne.com. Taking your calls on Scottish football. 0141 951 1025. This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I've just had the most disturbing, and I mean that truly disturbing message from Hugh Keevans. And all the time I've known him, never anything like this, and hopefully never again. Are you, are you going to repeat it to the class? <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you do it. Right, okay. So he, he texts me to say that you actually. So you actually were on telly, yeah? Yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Sorry, I should have watched. Scott, what, what was what it do for? They call it? Don't watch Scott alone. The... STV News. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, what yeah. What were you doing on there? Quarter, I was talking about Peter Logan. Ah, right, okay. Um, and apparently, Mrs. Keevan mm. says that he oozed sex appeal, Jim Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was disturbing. Uh, he must have one of the nineteen seventies tellies with the valves in the back because the, the, the pixelations must have been gone. <laughs> I, I don't really know what to take. That, that's a sentence mm. I assumed I would never say about you, Keevans, on the show. Yeah, I probably, just, him, did you have your cravat in that one, Hugh? You're looking all right. Uh, I had the the trendy old man's coat on, Jim, with yeah. a very fancy chic scarf, you know, oh, to give like me it. a kind of risque look. Yeah, uh, I, like, I like that. Oh my goodness, I'm going to need to go and look that up on the catch up or whatever. <laughs> I, I can't promise I'll come to the same conclusion, I must admit. Right, your teaser tonight, thank you to Eric for sending it in, not including Andy Robertson, who are the last 10 Scots to play a league match for Liverpool so that's, I think there must be a wee it must be important that it's, that it's the league and not including Andy Robertson who are the last 10 Scots to play a league match for Liverpool um, Stevie Nicol yes 95 uh, Alan Hansen N- no Kendall Bush no so they're all more recently than that yeah. um, league I mean a couple might not be far off but um you? I think. Anything? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Maybe thinking, uh, just, just, just to nudge you along, maybe think of the Ibrooks dugout. Oh, it's the, oh uh, Gary, it's the Gary McAllister. McAllister. Gary McAllister. Any more? Not at the moment, no. Right, okay, you can play along at home, not including Andy Robertson, who are the last 10 Scots to play a league match for Liverpool. Um, give us your thoughts we've got Gary McAllister Stevie Nichols so we're looking Dominic for another Matteo. yes Dominic Matteo well done he's in there as well three down seven to go let's bring in Bob who's a Rangers fan in Neilston what's your point tonight Bob? Hi there panel I hope you're all well very good Bob uh, how are you? I'll be ah fine <laughs> okay as well as can be as well as we can under the present circumstances although it's not unusual for me to be stuck in the house. Very briefly, I suffer from agoraphobia. I've not been out since 1982. That was the last game I was at. Uh, so I take a lot of the course for social media, watch stuff on the TV, listen to news guys, and you bring us a lot of comfort. And I'll be very honest, uh, it's been, as a Ranger support, it's been very difficult. Over the last few while, uh, you know, we've been under the cosh, you know, the results have not went our way. But this season, you know, miraculously turned things around and uh, I'm enjoying my football. But I would, my caveat is I always enjoy my football. I, I love good football. Uh, I watch it relentlessly wherever it's on. It's my release. Uh, but it's good to see my team do so well. Uh, and I don't think it's down to Celtic's demise uh, that we've risen to the mm-hmm. the challenge this season. I mean, they've lost uh, they've lost some good players. Uh, the boy Flimpong, just a young boy, a cracking player, and, and I enjoyed watching him. He's just a lad at eighteen summers, uh, a young boy, and. You know, I'd away. Yeah, I mean, Bob, first of all, thanks for, for being brave enough and, and phoning in and, and being honest. That's a hugely important phone call because 
for me you, you'll have noticed Bob and the pundits as well um, it's very easy for us to get bogged down in, in the madness and the tribalism and the rivalry and some of the nonsense that goes on so you have just given a, a nice dose of of perspective I think to, to how important football can be is, is is that fair then so although you consume your football a little bit differently from maybe some other people that is that's the thing that, that keeps you going yeah well football is football you know and I love the game uh, I was very involved at one point uh, I went to see my team week in week out home and away uh, but unfortunately you know, circumstances health takes over and, you know, you can only watch it from afar. I, I hate the hatred attached to our game. Uh, I like to think it's only a small minority that engage in that. Uh, and, you know, every team will have a, a purple patch. And, you know, I'm just glad it's yours. No, Rangers, I think they deserve all the credit, Bob. You're absolutely right. I mean, their record this season uh, has been, you know, you know, absolutely phenomenal uh, in terms of uh, a breaking you know, news for you, if you want. Rangers yeah. have confirmed that Jordan Jones has joined Sunderland on loan for the rest yeah. of the season. Yeah, one minute ago, so hot yeah. off the press. Yeah, well, again, as I said, it was it was um, suggested they would they would lose a few players. I think Stephen Gerrard said that last week. Um, Gordon are looking to try and get a few guys out on loan and guys who went uh, obviously, um, you know, the to Glenn Middleton as well went away so he lost a couple of wingers that's why part of the reason why they brought, uh, signed to Scott Wright on a pre-contract and I think they're looking to try and get that over the line maybe and, um, but in terms of Rangers I mean the, you know, absolutely outstanding I mean he, he, you know you, people looking yeah Celtics you know, lost um, you know some, some points but they have only, I think they've only lost is it two games I think they actually, actually lost two games so mm. there's a it's number the draws, of draws yeah. but Rangers have been relentless absolutely relentless win after win you know and uh, clean sheet um, you know the, the, their defensive record and as I said the progress I've made under Stephen Gerrard particularly um, you know in the last you know the, the, this season uh, you know the, deserves an awful lot of credit and the likes of Bob who you know has his own issues must be absolutely thrilled that that can put a, a smile on your face Bob to, to see how well your team has progressed because obviously you know you've had to, you've had to suffer over the last yeah. few years um, both from a football perspective and personally, um, personally. Bob if you don't Mind me asking then, what made you phone? What made you phone tonight, and and tell us about the, you know the way that the footballs are released for you? What what made you phone tonight? You've obviously sat there and and listened for many years. Well, the reason I phoned tonight was I was holding my breath to we go over the finishing line, and I think we are over the finishing line. Uh, I was trying to imagine. They would ever be in this position again. I think we've lost Bob. I think Bob, Bob just dropped off the line. We'll see if producer Callum can get him back. But Hugh, you've been on this show a long time, and every now and then, out the blue, a call like Bob's comes along and that puts everything into perspective a little bit. Yeah, well, we don't realise. You know, we we sit there day in, day out, week in, week out, and we don't realise that for some people, football is their lifeline. You know, like Bob said, he's unable to leave the house. Uh, and I'm delighted for him that he's uh, rejoicing in his team success. I just wonder, you know, as Bob said, Rangers are over the line. There's not a Celtic supporter in the land who would dispute the fact that Rangers have won the title now. I just wonder how far they can go in the Europa League because they've got Royal Antwerp, who I think are beatable, 
Uh, and then you're into the last 16, and Rangers domestically and in European football have shown that they are formidable in defence, got goals throughout the team, and are very adaptable, whether it's Scottish or European football, highly adaptable. I just wonder how far they can go in this Europa League. Bob, people on Twitter are delighted to hear from you. They all hope you're doing well. We hope you're doing well. Make sure you give us a call back in the future, please. That was Bob in Nielsen. 01419511025. John is a St Mirren fan from East Kilbride up against Celtic this weekend. John, how are you feeling ahead of that one? Uh, uh, quietly confident, quietly confident, uh, Gordon. But uh, before I get straight to the point, the guy said get straight to the point because you're running out of time. But um, uh, this season, uh, even though we're missing going back to the grounds, uh, I, th- I think we've been fortunate. I've seen, I've only missed, I think, two games. That's because I've been in Premier Sports had the, the franchise for the League Cups. I missed a couple of games there, you know. But I've seen all the, I've seen, I've paid for many away games, all the teams in the Premier League, uh, even Queen of the South, even uh, Queen's Park and so on, you know, with their own TV. Uh, but can I ask the panel, mm-hmm. why are Celtic not offering away fans, home fans, fans who don't have uh, season tickets, I don't describe to Celtic TV, why, why do they not need the money? But for some reason, what is the reason they're not offering PPV, pay-per-view, uh, for this game tomorrow? Is that all their games or... Or is it just this game tomorrow? <laughs> and is it anything to do with the demise of uh, uh, Peter Lawwell? Was it one of his policies or something, you know? I, I, don't, I don't think those are linked, but to answer John's question... Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to try and discuss the intricacies of pay-per-view with Hugh Keevans given his relationship with technology um, but but it is for every game John and the way fans have made the point all season they feel um, pretty disappointed about it because I think it's the only club that, that you can't then as a St Mirren fan you can't just go and buy the game as a one-off it's really for season ticket holders only mm-hmm. I assume and I think the reason for that is is that Celtic felt they wanted to um, look after the, the season ticket holders first and foremost and, and sort of protect that and not give any other option I've seen lots of people disagree with that policy and John John is just the, the latest one of them so he won't be able to watch his his team in action tomorrow how much of a of a challenge will St Mirren beat the Celtic well, on, on, on the back of you know winning away at Tannadice five uh, one, uh, I mean I must admit, like a lot of people, I think you know I thought that the effect of losing the the semi final against Livingston would would be a big impact on them, but had the completely opposite effect, uh, and maybe you know the DNA turned the rest of them. I don't know, but but you know what a, what an outstanding uh, result and performance that was. So I mean you know the, the, that certainly got them over that um, semi final hut very very quickly. And they're going to go to 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 Celtic and you know fine uh, fettle in terms of confidence in terms of belief, and they know that Celtic yeah they beat Hamilton comfortably, but not still still not playing at their best, and obviously still a fair bit uh, you know of issues in the background. So I think that Man will go there you know relatively confident, um, you know to make it a very difficult day for Celtic. Um, John, I'll tell you what, hang on the line and we'll hear from Jim Goodwin because I know you'll be interested in this. He says St Mirren will look to take advantage of any. Fragilities that Celtic have, and he says they're planning to attack at Celtic Park. We're going with an attacking lineup. We'll we'll go there and you know have a go and and see if we can um, cause Celtic some problems uh, at the back. Celtic have got their own 
little fragilities at the moment. Um, you know, they've been conceding far too many goals from from their own point of view, and we believe that we've got players in the team tomorrow that can hopefully go and exploit those areas. But um, you know, it's whenever you're playing against the old form, you need to get both sides of the game spot on. You know, you need to be defensively really. Um, the concentration levels need to be so high all the time. Uh, but then when you win the ball back, you've got to be brave and you've got to play and you've got to try and um, exploit the areas where we feel that we can get at Celtic. Right, John, how do you approach it then? Because traditionally, St Mirren would think, well, we'll go to Celtic Park, we'll sit back, we'll try and make life difficult for them. Celtic are maybe not in a great place. Can you can you go and attack the way Jim Goodwin says? Or do you still bear in mind that they, they, they can perhaps turn it on and do have good players? Well, that's the dilemma, Gordon. Uh, and I was speaking to uh, some Simon supporters, you know, before this game and previous games, we've probably just decided to, to park the bus and, uh, you know, end up getting maybe a, 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 a small defeat, 1-0 or something. I think they beat us 2-1 the last time, the only game we've played them this season. We scored first as well, you know. But uh, we were still in the game for, for most of the game, you know. But uh, so the other alternative is, I mean, against Livingston, uh, I hate mentioning that. You know, I, I, I don't like, I don't like their pitch, but I admire how they play. Livingston did a Livingston against us, and I think they did a Livingston against Celtic. That is, they, they get in the faces of the, the defence and never let us. They forced us to kick balls up the park all the time, the long balls which they just laughed at and nodded. You know, the guy, these guys all have sore heads and all that after that game anyway. You know, they might think they headed the ball Livingston more than they kicked the ball. You know, and headed it further. So um, what we did, we turned it around against Dundee United the other night there. Uh, we got into the, the faces of Dundee United's defence and all that, you know. And they uh, did a Livingston to Dundee United. And eventually they, they were weak, you know. They were weak on crosses and all the rest of it, you know. The first goal was a very good goal. Two headers in the box that we won, uh, you know, against their defence, you know. So um, so against Celtic, I mean, we've got to see a lot of Celtic sports that come on this programme anyway. Their defence is a, is a weak point. So we, we need to fling boxes, eh, balls into it. that box. Yeah, know? and of course, Hugh... Celtic games just feel a bit different at the moment because most people believe that the league is done so is it building for the future is it going to be Neil Lennon it won't be Peter Lawwell it won't be Barkas tomorrow which we learned during the week as well what do you make of all that um, well the, the goalkeeping situation has been a shambles uh, and again Peter Lawwell has to hold his hands up uh, to having some part in that I never understood why Craig Gordon was dispensed with so readily by Celtic he was apparently made a contractual offer that he couldn't possibly accept a bit of a slap in the face after all he'd done for Celtic I don't understand why they waited so long for Fraser Forster who eventually convinced Peter Lawwell that he wasn't coming back and then I have no idea how they could have signed the goalkeeper, and I do understand he's a Greek international, played in the Champions League, but he, Vasilis Barkas, has been awful, absolutely awful. Um, so I think they all have to hold their hands up for that one. Anyone who plays Celtic now, anyone, thinks we've got a chance here, because Shane Duffy, whoever's playing at the back, the goalkeeper, if you put the ball into the penalty box, you've got a chance. 
Uh, thank you very much, John, in East Kilbride. And by the way, John, never let it be said that we don't look after each other in this part of the world. Our phone lines have just exploded with people wanting to offer John their login details to watch the game tomorrow. <laughs> if anyone at Celtic TV is listening, I've got no idea if that's allowed or whatever. So I'm just going to, I'll pass the buck and someone else uh, can sort that out. But it's nice. It's charitable. I mean, seriously, I think five, six, seven Twitter's the same. Everyone wants to give John a login. It could well be that. Uh, any more? Of the last 10 Scots yeah. to play in a league match for Liverpool, McAllister, John, Matteo Nicol. Yeah. John Wark. He sneaks in as number John 10. Wark, well yeah, done. That one. Um, Charlie Adam. Yes, he's the most recent one. Uh, Gary Gillespie. Yes, okay, we'll leave it there then. You've got one, two, three, four to get, and we'll get them next. I feel like if there was a a man of the moment in Scottish football it would be David Martindale mm. everyone wanted him to pass his fit and proper test now everyone is liking his um, down to earth style of his interviews well, he was in good form today and you're going to want to hear what he had to say so I'll play it next number one for football in Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Okay, we're into the final part of tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard Now remember, if you have sat back and listened to all these questions that we put on the show and you think, I, I smash these every week why not make your own question up? Send it in and we'll use it on the show fulltime at Clyde1.com That's fulltime at Clyde1.com um, That's what Eric got in touch with tonight and he says, not including Andy Robertson who are the last 10 Scots to play in a league match for Liverpool Charlie Adam Gary McAllister Dominic Matteo Steve Nicol Gary Gillespie John Watt you're doing pretty well anymore Don Hutchison oh what a shout that is Don Hutchison well done Robert Proven has got one that you're still looking for it's a key one Hugh it's Hugh got any more I had Don Hutchison written down I because sure of did. the delay, because of Duffy being in there <laughs> and me being incarcerated, he beat me to the punch. Well, the, the only other thing, I don't know if he played a first team game, but I know he was there, Danny Wilson. Yes, well done, Danny Wilson. Actually, you've only got two to get now. Needless to say, they are the two hardest by, by quite some distance. You won't be surprised to hear. Uh, Chris is on Twitter, wants to know that after this evening's revelation about Hugh, is it safe mm -hmm. to assume that Akeven's uncovered calendar will be out on the shelves <laughs> next year? <laughs> uh, no, in fact, I probably won't get any tea when I finish the programme for... <laughs> Like one, of those, one, one of those uh, kind of ones at the, the fire, the fire um, brigade you should do years ago and all that kind of olive oil and all that all over them and that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, well, well, see, there was too many. I was about to mention different pieces of fire service equipment, mm -hmm. but everyone oh, had like, that sort of double. Yeah, yeah on Tondra. So, uh, because the thing they wear on their head, yeah, you know, and, but you know what uh, that's and, called, uh, yeah, and, and the thing they use the to pound the fire. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I ain't going yeah. there. I uh, ain't going there but anyway um, maybe we could do it with just, radio just, equipment just the uh, scarf on a strategically placed mm. I'm looking at the size of the headphones we use in here would that, would that do the trick I don't maybe know. ask you that's plenty <laughs> right um, <laughs> what is happening here uh, right we're going to speak to David in just a second let's hear from another David because I, I was kind of joking but I think I mean it I think if there was a man of the moment in, in Scottish football it would be this guy David Martindale he says he's loving having his name listed alongside some of the, the Scottish football legends I don't know if you've seen this stat Hugh that appeared I think it was SPL stats who still first come up with it on Twitter only Bill Struth Martin O'Neill and Dave Shaw have enjoyed better starts at Scottish clubs than David Martindale that is it wow. <laughs> that's quite a list isn't it it, it, it sure is uh, I hope that all of this doesn't come back round on him you know, because he's, I've never known a man to have 
12 games and such wonderful publicity. Well, only you can look for the dark cloud round the corner. He's, he's, he's flying <laughs> at the moment, and here's what he had to say on it. Of course, I see I've printed out. It's all over my bedroom. I've got about 40 copies up in the bedroom wall. Martha's not happy. She's asking me to take them down. No, I, I think that... Listen, there's, there's no way I'm in anywhere near near guys like Martin O'Neill and Bill Struff and that now, but it's, it's a fantastic start. That's all it is. It's a start, but that start doesn't lend itself to Davy Martindale. That starts everybody at this club and all the players, but what a, what a fantastic achievement. What I will say is that you've got boys like Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard who come into the, at the start of their careers they were probably playing European competitions. But I've, I wouldn't say I've had an easier run, but I've, I've definitely not had, had as hard a run as what maybe Brendan Rodgers and Stephen Gerrard and Neil Lennon done for their first 12 games in charge. So I've been a wee bit lucky in that respect, but fantastic start for everybody at the club. Maybe one day I can become a legend for Livingston. Humble as well, because he <laughs> because he's right, Jim. But I think I would offset that by saying yeah. he doesn't have the same budget as Brendan Rodgers, Stephen Gerrard, yeah. or Neil Lennon. No, I just like this. I think it was his first line. He says, "Oh, I, I'm not a legend yet." <laughs> I think it was. I think he threw one in there. You know, no, no, no at the moment. But uh, no, nah, listen, I, I know Davy very well. Um, you know, obviously. Uh, when Livingston in the, the low leagues and I was at Morton I came across him several times I went to see games I've had players on loan you know I, I've met him uh, a lot, lots of times uh, and he was an effervescent character anyway um, you know even before he became manager but he's absolutely loving it and uh, you know the results are speaking for himself the players seem to be buying into his enthusiasm as well he hasn't changed any dramatically mm. from when Gary was there and previously that but um, a phenomenal run thank you uh We'll leave it there for the moment because I want to squeeze in one more call. I think we'll, it looks like we'll finish where we started. David is a Rangers fan. He's got Hugh Keevens on his mind. Uh, Hugh Keevens? Mm-hmm. Alfredo Keevens Morelos. Mind. So oh. Hugh Keevens on his mind. <laughs> He's got Alfredo Morelos and Hugh Keevens on his mind, David. Is that fair? That is very fair. Um, I've been listening to the show and uh, I completely 100% agree with you, panel. Um, I don't know how many times I've watched both the incidents involving Morelos and McGregor last night. Both of them are red cards, 100%. No ifs or buts. It's 100% a red card. The reason being is, the way I look at it is, if you think about it, any time you take, like you're walking down the street or whatever, or you're, you're, you're running or whatever, and you take a misstep, you're always able to put your foot where you want it to be, even if it's just a stumble. And for me, what as I said, I don't know how many times I've watched them, but every time I watch both of them, both have got that intent where they know exactly where they're putting their foot. I'm not saying they want to do intent to, you know, to hurt, but they know exactly where they're putting their foot. What Does this all back up then, David? Because the theme I'm getting from Rangers fans, they all actually agree with that. They all think Morelos should have been sent off, which is weird because we usually get at least some sort of resistance on that. But they all think Morelos should have been sent off. But they then point to Darren McGregor, the failure to to retrospectively do him, and they, they, they point out loads of other incidents from the past, and they feel that Morelos is hard done by generally or not treated the same. Is that something you feel? I'm sort of 50 50 to be honest with you, Gordon. I'm kind of on the fence. For me, um, you know, if I was the manager, um, I'd, I'd be turning around and saying, if he's had such a hard time and he's hard done by and he's constantly getting picked on essentially by the refs and by other players and clubs, I'd be saying, keep your nose whiter than white. Uh, you know, keep it so clean that they can't physically come after you with anything. And if something does happen, then we can look at it. You know, if we think you're being penalised or bullied or whatever you want to call it, then 100% we'll look at that. 
But Alfredo Morelos does not help himself. A hundred percent doesn't help himself. You know, he gets himself in situations. And don't get me wrong, it's good for the club because he's he's always up for it. Um, but at, at the same same time, he just does complete and utter stupid things. Uh, I think the best example I can give was Rangers uh, the, the old firm game, and he was standing, and the rest was in perfect view, and he was uh, waiting to take a, a free kick. I think it was, and he just slapped Scott round 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 the head. You don't get me wrong, I laughed and I thought it was about, you know, the best thing since sliced bread. But something like that, so stupid like that, um, if, if he'd done something else in the game and, you know, he'd had to have words with the ref, then the ref could have just quite easily red carded him for it. And that's what I mean, it's stupid little things like that. And I, he's been a lot better this season than he has in past seasons. But it's mm. still those just it just takes a split second in Morelos' mind to go, do you know what? I'm just gonna do this and try and get away with it. I like to think that David makes some good points. You like to think that we can try and, and cut through some of the some of the tribalism, um and, and, and try and deal with it in a sort of calm manner. It's not always possible. But but for instance, you know I'll I'll try and look at both sides of of, of all all talking points on here. Lots of people I think a guy made the point on the phone earlier and said there have been three retrospective incidents in Scottish football this season and Alfredo Morelos has been part of two of them. What does that tell you? Jack Ross and Mickey Mellon might tell you that it means he's not been refereed the way he should be on the pitch if he's having to be done retrospectively. So there's a lot to take in here and since we've got a minute to go I can finish on a nice philosophical note and just say we're never going to agree on this. No, uh, he's there involved in these incidents for me because he's the one Rangers player that lives on the edge like that. And opposition players know it, opposition managers know it, and sometimes he lets himself down. So that's something that Stephen Gerrard has tried to curb and he's still trying to curb it. Okay, David, it was good to hear from you. Make sure you pick up the phone again. I'd like to, to speak to you again. That was David down in Portsmouth at the moment, um, but keeping an eye on what's happening up the road. What about you two keeping an eye on what's happening with this teaser we're looking for? Not including Andy Robertson, who are the last 10 Scots to play a league match for Liverpool. You're doing well. Charlie Adam, Danny Wilson, Gary McAllister, Dominic Matteo, Steve Nicholl, Don Hutchison, Gary Gillespie, John Wark. Two to get. You. Jim. <laughs> I think I've got one, but I don't have the last one. I think I don't know if again the era. David Speedy, brilliant! I thought that was the one you wouldn't oh. get. Well done, David Speedy. That's a great shout, right? The last one, uh, not far off. Nineteen eighty-nine. He's an ex-Rangers player. An ex-Rangers player. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um. No. No. Hugh Evans is it ringing any bells? No, no, not Graham Soonis. No, 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 no. Oh, it's, a, it's a difficult one. Well, no, no, no. Do you know what? It's not actually when you look at. He's, he's fairly well known in the game, but I just I don't know. Did, if did he go from Rangers to Liverpool? So do you know what? He only played a couple of games on loan for Rangers. So I'm, I'm being a bit sneaky, but he started at Leicester, played for Liverpool, a spell on Rangers at loan, Coventry, and then he's had a big coaching career. You might know him at Aston Villa. Kevin. Yes. I was going to say McAllister, but it's not Kevin McAllister. Oh, that's the guy for Home Alone. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin McDonald. Yes, Kevin McDonald. Well done. Be much better if it was Kevin McAllister. But there we go, Kevin McDonald. Thank you very much, Hugh Keevans. Thank you, Jim Duffy. And thanks to you at home. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling and tweeting. It was so busy. So apologies if, if you didn't get through or we didn't stick on your topic for as long as you wanted. But we are back tomorrow. Always good fun on a Saturday, 2 o'clock. Make sure you join us. And if a one-man lockdown house party is your thing, I know just the chap. GBX Friday's up next.
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. For an unpredictable world, talk to Thompson's.com.